everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today, we're just going to kind of keep it simple. Jeff uh, is actually out of the office on a job, and I'm left at my desk doing the fun paperwork part of running our business. And I got a phone call from a client, and uh, kind of sparked me thinking, and I thought I'd share it with you guys. How do you value your uh, creativity? How do you put a true value on your creativity? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to approach it, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today on In Production. All right, so let's talk about valuing your creativity. Like, at the end of the day, that's what a lot of us do, whether you're just stepping into the business or you've been in it or you're a creative director. Somewhere down the road, someone made a decision to put value on your work, whether it's set from an executive committee or you're a freelancer and you set it on your own. How did you go about setting that value? And and what is that value? What does that actually mean? And so one of the things that I'm kind of obsessed with is this idea of the value for value exchange. At the end of the day, someone is willing to pay you X amount of dollars or trade you or bribe you or whatever it might be. They're willing to give you something. And in turn, they, this something that they give is valuable to them, right? They believe it has value. And in turn, you either accept and acknowledge that that item or whatever this is, cash or, or a credit card number or whatever it is, but this item they're presenting you has value equal to you enough that you're willing to make this exchange. But if we break it down even further and just kind of think of it this way, we are making the most simple transaction on the planet. We are taking something that is uh, valuable in one hand and then valuable in another hand. And we're basically making, like I said, a value for value exchange. So when we make these kinds of exchanges, how do we go about setting that, that rate? How do we know what's valuable? And what I found, and this is just how we operate inside of our business, what we found is that we have a numerical value that applies to our work. So uh, in the sake of transparency, let's say we're $150 an hour for our creative work. So we charge 150 bucks an hour to do creative. Well, I can't really, how, how do I actually really charge $150 an hour? It's not like when I'm in the shower and an idea hits me that I'm just going to stop what I'm doing and then make sure I put a little note in my phone. One hour in the shower of I, just not how my brain works. I'm not trained in a way to think at nine to five, I think creatively about my clients. That's not how I work. The value I provide my clients is my brain just goes off. And when it does, uh, I'm going to come up with something and I never know when it's going to hit me. It's inspiration, right? My muse is the world. And whenever uh, that muse decides to uh, invoke an idea uh, upon me, I just have to kind of go with it. And I'll give you an example, real world one. The other day, I've been working on a spot for a client. They, we had the pre-meeting, sat down, had a great conversation. Um, it was just wonderful convo and very motivated. Their client was motivated. In this case, it's an agency partner. So they kind of said, what's some creative ideas? And we hammered a few around and we played around with them, but none of them had really like solidified to a point of where I felt happy about it. I said, okay, these are cool starting points. It was a good aperitif or <laughs> amuse-bouche of, uh, of creative thinking, but it wasn't, it wasn't the meal I was really after. And so it was Sunday morning and I decided to uh, just go for my run. Now, Sunday mornings normally are not about creative time for me. They're, they're about listening to a podcast and running three and a half miles and just enjoying being outside away from everything. And it's just, it's a personal thing I love. 
But this particular time during the podcast, a gentleman said shoebox. And for whatever reason, and he was describing something else that triggered an immense series of thoughts. I had to stop the podcast. Um, I turned on music and I just let my brain go. And in the process of doing that, I sat down and wrote out, uh, well, as I was running in my head, I wrote a script that I needed to write for this particular client. And I really liked the spot. So when I got home, I got my coffee. I told my kids to leave me alone for a few minutes and I sat down and I actually wrote the script. Now, how can I bill for that? Because it was completely some guy on a random podcast saying shoebox that triggered an entire series of events for me. It's hard to do that. So what we've decided to do and what's worked really well for us is we estimate what that is roughly going to be. And I try and make it very fair. So I think probably if they went with that idea, let's say I spent five hours. So, okay, five hours on it at $150 an hour. You know, we're not doing too bad. We can, we can make that work. So five hours, there's my creative side. I got that covered. And if I make little changes, fine, so be it. I'm going to try and estimate that. Part of setting that numerical value is the idea that you also need to know how your audience is going to receive that. Are they going to see it as valuable? Well, once you have an established relationship, it's pretty easy. But that first one, getting that first relationship, getting them to understand the value in which that creativity stands is really, really important. I'll give you another real world example. I got a phone call just today, the, the very phone call that inspired me to, to pull out the mic and start chatting. That phone call was, hey, I didn't realize this was going to cost so much. Well, it was, it was billed very fairly. It was one hour of creative because I do allow that to be hourly. And then there was a half day of editing because they wanted me to create something new and they weren't really happy with that. Not in a bad way. They just, I didn't realize it was going to cost this much. Well, I still have to do the work. And at the end of the day, that's a value, but that also taught me a valuable lesson, right? So the value for value exchange here wasn't necessarily one of monetary value, right? It was one of intellectual value. I now know that client is probably not going to ever truly value my work at the same way as many of our other clients do. They saw that they saw the sticker number. They didn't see the quality of the work. They saw the sticker number. So that client has now been categorized as C sticker number value. So now I know that, right? So when I set my rates for that client, I got to make sure that I set them in a way where they're not going to get sticker shock and I'm not going to overwork myself beyond what I choose to put out there. So assigning a numerical value to that should be considered of who the client is. We often have different rates for different clients. 99% of the time, it's the same rate, but there are one or two clients that provide us a tremendous amount of work every year and we give them a discount based on that. And it's not business yet, right? I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm not saying it's the only way. It's just been something that we found. They keep coming back. We're now in a year three of a relationship with them and we're providing them value. They see that value. They like the monetary exchange on it. They're happy with it. So they keep bringing us work. Therefore, we discount that work slightly. So they get a little bit of a break and they know it, right? We don't have to sell them on it. We just tell them, hey, we went ahead and you guys are so great. We just gave you a little bonus. And they get happy. We also do other little things that are value for value exchanges that will help sell that number even better for you if, if, if you're, what you're after is truly the number. So let's say you want to get to $150 an hour. One thing that we've done is early on, our hourly rate, let's say, was $100 an hour. Okay, so we did that for a year. And we had a bunch of great footage when we were done. And we just turned to that client and said, hey, you know what? We put this together for you. 
If you want it, great. You can go with it. If you don't, no big deal. We just kind of were inspired by the work and thought you might enjoy it. And we gave them a free video from B-roll of the previous videos, right? Now, it doesn't work for every client, but in this case, it did. They loved it. They loved it so much, they couldn't believe how much they loved it. Well, we didn't have a bunch of time in it, but who cares? The value for us was we love our client and we wanted to give them something to say thank you. And our relationship with that client is predicated upon a value for value exchange of creative services and ideas in video format for money. In this case, we removed the money. The value was them being happy. So a lot of times the value for value could just be something as simple as that, like give it away. But now when we build them a little bit more, we don't, we don't build them 150, but they're close to it. They still get a break. They're still extremely happy. And we have a lifelong client that's been really amazing to us. We're very fortunate to have. As I said earlier, that one client, they were put into the category of question mark because I don't know where their value actually lies. That's fine. We put them in that space. But everyone else, we create this value for value exchange. We put in a little bit of extra work sometimes if we're trying to encourage and gain that client. And this all sounds very simple, but I see so many people not, not, not at least trying it. You don't have to try it with every client. Just beta test it, alpha test it, if you will. Test it very simply and then slowly roll it out. If you want to increase your rates, one of the best things I've ever seen in doing that is the, the frog in the boiling water. What a horrible analogy it is, but the frog in the boiling water, you slowly raise the temperature. And that's what you do. You slowly raise your rates. So maybe per quarter, if, you, if your goal over the year is to raise your rates, uh, let's say $40, because I'm stupid at math and this makes it easy. Quarter one, your rate's gone up 10 bucks. Quarter two, raise it another 10 bucks. Quarter three, raise it another 10 bucks. Quarter four, raise it another 10 bucks. Guess what? Going into the next year, your rate is now where you wanted it to be. It got you there. And if you're happy with that and the value you provide, then lock your rate and move on. We've shifted from raising it quarterly to kind of being a little more consistent. So the reason why is because we, we built up our, our base, if you will, and feel like for the value we present, we are very comfortable with our numbers and we're very happy with that. So we don't really need to raise it. We have low overhead. We keep things very simple. We try and take all of everything that we've got, all of our money and roll it back into the business to provide more value for our clients. And in turn, that means we've had more clients this really crazy thing. If you suddenly care about them, they, your clients and you pay attention and you, you put in that extra time off the clock, you end up reaping a better reward from it. So just a thought. All right. So that's kind of a ramble, but I hope maybe you found value in listening to this. Maybe it inspired you. That's our value for value exchange. That's how we do it. And again, if you're just listening to this for the first time, this is a very random podcast. And the reason why is because we're working. And so I try and provide value to you, the listener. I enjoy the process of making the podcast, but I also enjoy knowing what you think. You can always shoot us an email at drew at craftshow.com or jeff at craftshow.com. If you have technical questions, if you have creative questions, if you just want to chat, um, we're here. We're here to talk about it. You can also follow us on YouTube, which is uh, YouTube slash craftshow or youtube.com slash craftshow. And then craftshow on all the other social platforms at craftshow. You can just find us everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're not super active on Twitter, but you can get it. We're all there for you. If you have any questions, thoughts, you want to throw an idea our way, whatever it might be, we're here to do that. And, you know, just stay strong in what you do. As always, the only thing regular about this show is the bathroom breaks. <laughs>